Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, Kid Presentable. I threw that sorry, curveball in there. Sorry, you caught me off guard. I'm not I used to be getting thrown to first. Yeah, well, you, 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 got hi, a good streak. you got a good streak, brother. You. you haven't missed one in a while. <laughs> Thank you for throwing it to me first. Uh, and let me just say, though I didn't pick all the fights correctly, I'm pretty happy with most of the outcomes. Yeah, you know what? Uh, me too. Honestly, Steph, Steph was so thrown by being picked first that he just started going right into fight analysis. Exactly. Um, it's like it's like always with, you know, no, like, I think I have like second highest frequency of being on the show after Mark. Um, wait, Mike not counting really me? put himself in a hole by being in Japan for a year. <laughs> I was going to say, wait, 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 wait. I'm number one. Let's be clear about this. <laughs> I think you've oh, literally we're missed one you, or Bobby. Two We're doing UFC ranking where there's champion <laughs> one, two, three. There's like if you took, if you get rid of E three, Mark, I think has only missed probably one or two besides E three. This is like uh, NBA stats where Wilt Chamberlain would be first in everything, which is why they basically never count Wilt Chamberlain. I appreciate that. Compare me to a man who had sex with ten thousand women, Just living the dream there. Actually, with us, like always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining us this week, man who compared me to a man who had sex with 10,000 women, Lavender Gooms. Speaking of Wilt Chamberlain, the name of his character in Conan the Destroyer, Bombata. Ooh, Conan the Destroyer, guys, is recommended viewing, in my, in my opinion. I've right. never seen it. You right, just, 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 just for the line they drop about driving your enemies away and the lamentation of their women, I'm not doing it justice. But it's one, of the most bad, it's one of the most badass lines where it just uh, explains. Are we sure that's not in Conan the Barbarian? Is yeah, that which, the rock? which one's the first one? That's the one with James Earl Jones with the preposterous wig. Okay, that one's the good one. Just saying. Well, no, no, the second one has Grace Jones. It's got Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. I mean, this is what you uh, want. When the, when the guy, when James Earl Jones asked Conan, what is best in life? He says, to crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the lamentations of their women. And that just explains what you need to accomplish in life, ladies and gentlemen, right there. All right. <laughs> Dustin Poirier checked all these things off this past weekend. Um, all right, boys and girls, we know what you know we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about UFC 257. Um, one of those big weekends in MMA where I'm sure if you're an MMA fan, you had your non-MMA fans texting you and asking you about stuff and having some hot takes that are questionable at best. Um, uh, I was listening to the co-main event podcast where Ben Folks described it well. He's like, it's one of those weekends where as an MMA fan, you're like, as a, you look at the sport and say, guys, let's not fuck this up. Um, let's just, you know, put our best foot forward on some level here so that this thing grows and maybe some of these fighters can get paid a little bit. Um, which, as you know, is the only interest we have in this sport growing at this point, because if the UFC wants an 80% cut, that other 20% needs to, you know, mean something. Um, let's just get right fucking into it. Um, Conor McGregor, Marcus, so, won that won that first round, I think, on most people's scorecards. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but we all said, man, he probably start checking some of these leg kicks. And second round came around and the leg started looking real wobbly. And then he was out three minutes into it. Um, what do you think of uh, the Diamonds performance over there? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I thought in the first round, they both asserted themselves really well. Um, I think a lot of things Dustin did to kind of negate what Connor is so good at. And I think what we're learning more and more getting more looks at Connor is that he is a really strong front runner. He's easily the most dangerous in that first minute of the fight. If you can negate some of that power early on and get him to grapple, to work, uh, you know, you can take some of the steam off the punches. And that's what Dustin did early on, which was, you know, really impressive. I don't think the game plan necessarily was for that early takedown. Uh, Dustin has developed this technique where, where he'll start with a left straight um, and then during the punch will shuffle and basically change stances and then a lot of times come over basically he switches from a southpaw to orthodox and then will throw a right hand over it um, he tried that the first time he ducked Connor's counter left and ended up in uh, you know a great double leg position and ended up completing the takedown um, in open space which isn't really Dustin's you know Dustin's not really much of a wrestler and when he does get takedowns, it's usually off the cage. So to get Connor in open space, you know, was was a really good outcome for him early on. You know, he made Connor work on the ground. He made Connor get back up. They spent a significant amount of the first round in the clinch, where I thought both men asserted themselves pretty well. Connor's pretty decent in the clinch. We saw more of his shoulder strikes, which now just gets the crowd all fucking, you know. Well, it, it looks like it actually is doing like he, he had Dustin with one and Dustin had a look on his face like motherfucker. Like he's hitting me with this. Like, it actually yeah, I mean, was Carter, like doing he some Carter work. He does it well because he he really does use all of his lower body weight to kind of, you know, bend down and push up. But I mean, let's be real. That's not a knockout punch. You oh, know? No. It, at most, the best it's ever going to do is what he did it with uh, Cerrone because Cerrone didn't see it coming and he ate three of them right in the fucking face and probably fucked up his It, nose. it looks like I, it's know. one of those things that's just trying to get you off whatever you are doing. Just get yeah, you off your good, game. It's a good little distraction in the clinch, you know. It, I would say more effective than stomping the feet, but equivalent to that. You know, it's yeah. something to to get the guy to move, to, to make him, you know, to, to you know, just to get the guy to react a little bit. But it's just, I just find it funny that now the crowd's like, oh, this shoulder strike, fuck on him. It's just like, it gets a big pop now because of what happened with the Cerrone fight. But, but you know, Dustin did a good job, you know, I think making Connor work in that first round. Connor and a lot of people are being really down on Connor. And we know this, you know, as, as longtime MMA fans, Anytime someone of high profile loses, you know, the whole record gets, oh, he never fought anyone good. He's washed and this, that. He, he asserted himself very well in that first round. He tagged Dustin with some good left straights. It, particularly, there was one where he, Dustin ate a full on one, two. Yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> and I mean, the things that Dustin also did really well in this fight was there were really small adjustments in the pocket. You know, he was, he was doing a better job covering up. He was doing, a better job weaving in the pocket and taking off a little bit of those punches that, you know, normally would, would put him out. And I, th- I think at 55, he also can take a punch a little bit better. And that's, and that's all to say that those are the things that, you know, maybe not the big takeaways. The big takeaway is that, you know, like in the first fight, Dustin worked the leg. Uh, and what makes it interesting because they're both Southpaw Connor probably hasn't gotten a lot of looks at other Southpaws using low kicks to, you know, basically immobilize that lead leg, which is really kind of the structural foundation of Connor's whole boxing game because he loves, he uses that league leg because mostly he's fighting orthodox fighters. So he's always stepping outside the foot so he can line up his left straight. And when he throws that left straight, he fucking lunges so hard. You know, a lot of boxing coaches and, you know, people 
you know, with technical say, you know, you don't have a good straight if your back foot is is not planted on the ground. You want your feet planted to get all that energy. Connor doesn't plant that last foot. All that power is on that front foot because he's stepping in deep and he throws himself to to negate some of the uh, the space that potentially is there so he can land that left shot and really drive through even if someone is backing up to, to land those punches. So Dustin attacking that leg was really smart. You know, a lot of people were saying, you know, Connor, he, he attempted to check those kicks but look at you just you're not going to be able to just check kicks just picking it up in the and, game and dustin kicks shit. real fucking hard like dustin's a, like yeah. that's what mike brown god bless mike brown by the way i've never seen an att fighter fight in the last three years and mike brown not be in his fucking corner like this guy's everywhere and he's just <laughs> like they were interviewing dustin you could hear mike brown in the background they're like what made the leg kicks effective and mike brown in the background just goes dustin kicks really fucking hard um he does, and he set the kicks up too. You know, and they they weren't like the best setups in the world, but he would faint with jabs before landing the low kicks. He would wait for Connor when he's shifting weight while he's you know using his footwork to to position when he landed, and he would he would put his balance on that front leg. That's when he would attack the leg. To, to Connor's credit, he tried to check kicks, but that's just something like look, Muay Thai fighters train their whole lives just crushing their shins. So they can check kicks effectively because if you don't train that shit and you check a kick. I mean, it's not, it is a technique that is going to fucking hurt you. And if you train really hard, maybe you hurt that other guy too. That's kind of things like you're trading off shin for shin and you have to train. You have to train those muscles. You have to train that bone to get callous to, to take those. You can't just kind of do it on the spot. And, and the other thing that Connor was doing that worked kind of in this fight, but could be fucking disastrous if he doesn't, he was starting to grab at the leg in the second round mm -hmm. because he, you know, he was getting so much that damage. He was starting to grab the leg and lucky for him, you know, on a couple occasions, he was able to catch the leg. Didn't really do much with it, but a seasoned kickboxer and Dustin doesn't really throw high kicks. That's you're just asking for a oh, brutal yeah. fucking knockout because when you start trying to grab the leg, once you, you fake that low kick and go high, it's fucking over. You, you look at it with the um, you know the Buckley fight we saw a couple weeks ago. Ultimately, you know Dustin had a really good fight. He he put in the work. He did his homework and he executed extremely well. Ultimately, you know, just com completely immobilizing Connor. And then uh, you know when, once he had him completely immobilized, he just unleashed on him. And and that was something when I first watched the first fight, I was like, you know what, this might be a little ego, a little hubris on Connor's part, not clinching. When he got hurt, because he basically just sat in the firefight. He threw one left uh, hand in the exchange, but it was mostly just covering up and just waiting for the big kibosh to finish him. And I was kind of thinking, like, you know, we've seen this with fighters that are just super dominant. It reminded me a lot of when Cyborg fought Amanda Nunes and she got fucking cracked. It's like a smart, intelligent fighter, when they get cracked, knows, like, I need to clinch up. I need to stop the barrage. I need to get I mean, my well, wit. he did that with Nate, right? Remember, Nate was beating his ass, and Nina Connor was like, I got to shoot or something, because this is well, not going shot, well. Yeah, and, yeah. That was, and it, was a, it was a desperation thing, but yeah, you didn't see that here. You didn't see Connor try to shoot or try to change the dynamic of the fight. He kind of just let Dustin go off and, and, and get his shots, and that's how he finished the fight. So, so uh, it was, yeah. um, I think a lot of the conversation, Steph, um, and we, we knew this was coming because we're talking about the most famous MMA fighter that ever was, um, biggest box office driver, who apparently sold the second most pay-per-views ever, allegedly, this past weekend, um, or close to the most, but it sounds like he sold an absurd amount of pay-per-views. A lot of talk about what Conor McGregor did wrong. Um, I think we need to recognize the fact that Dustin Poirier, not counting the guy who's holding the belt, who's clearly retired, Dustin Poirier is the best lightweight in the world. 
Dustin Poirier has the resume of the best lightweight in the world. His only loss in the last four years is to Khabib Nurmagomedov. He beat Tony Ferg. He beat uh, Dan Hooker. He beat Max Holloway. He beat uh, Eddie Alvarez. He beat Justin Gaethje. He beat everybody not named Tony Ferguson. Um, do you think Dustin Poirier is going to get the respect he deserved after this? Or deserves, not deserves. Uh, yes and no. He's he's still a, a fight fan's fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's not the brash guy. Like, he's the hardworking, humble guy. He's not the braggadocious guy. He's not the guy that the people who show up for Connor stick around for, right? Mm-hmm. It's the reason that you keep throwing Khabib versus Connor rematch. And I'm like, what's the fucking point? There's no intrigue there mm-hmm. because there's a whole bunch of dum dums out there who want that for non sporting reasons, of right? Course. Those aren't the people who care about Dustin. Yeah, they'll just be like, who who is this guy? It's like, oh, is is you know, like I'll say, we'll start getting the hyperbole of you know, is Connor washed? What should Connor do? He doesn't have I, he I doesn't get... have the personality that Nate does when Nate beat Connor, for example, because people are like, this guy. The thing is. Yeah. Nate was nowhere near this, and what did he do? Was already calling out like I, I kick both these asses, guys' asses, you know. Like people want those bombastic personalities, and Dustin's never going to be that, you know. Um, it's why I respect the hell out of him, though. It's why I like Dustin, but you know, this could not going to happen. This could happen to a nicer guy, honestly, Steph. This whole situation it couldn't have happened to a better guy to get this kind of shine, regardless of whether he gets the credit he deserves for him to get the biggest win yeah. of his career. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy, really. Absolutely, like. When we were making the picks last week, we all ended up on Connor. But I think the thing I said was, but if this is a fight I'm wrong, there will no be no one I'm happier for Absolutely. that they got that win. You know, Mark even what hit me up after watching the embedded. It was just embedded one. He has a little Paw Patrol toy and his daughter's blanket that he takes with him everywhere. You know, the first thing you see after Dustin wins is it cuts to his like wife running to the cage. And like she's ecstatic out of her mind, and she's like, "No one's gonna underestimate my husband ever again." You know, like you can see how much that family has like love for each other. And so, yeah, he's I'm happy for him. You know, whatever ne- comes next, who knows? You know, Dana, Dana, there's no Dana lost his cash cow, uh, so we'll, we'll see Wait, what happens. Well, let's, you know, let's talk, let's talk about that actually, Mike. Um, one, you tell me why this wasn't a title fight, in your opinion. I know you probably agree with me that it should have been. Two. Are we doing Dustin versus Connor three? Well, first, um, apologies to Dustin's wife that uh, Dustin will never be um, underestimated again. Uh, early predictions uh, for fight odds: if these two fight again, uh, Connor is the uh, the favorite. So, really, uh, what what is what is it at? Uh, I don't know what the odds were, but from what I read, I think in an ESPN article, um, early fight odds were. Uh, Dustin was still the underdog. So that seems silly, but okay. Minus, minus 140 plus 120. Okay. Uh, it's like the missing. I, I think it should be paced. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying Connor should be the favorite, but I think it should definitely be closer or does maybe, you know, an e a split. Because I there was a point in that second round where I'm like, Connor's starting to ramp it up. But yep. yeah, I see what you're saying. But yeah, go but, ahead, Mike. Uh, to answer your question, I mean, and we talked about it last week. Some, um, you know, we kind of joked around on it, but considering this UFC, that for what the last five years or so, they were abhorrent to have a numbered pay per view card that 
didn't resolve, revolve around a title. And in this case, your champion, for everything, he has never really indicated that he wants to come back. And you have Dustin Poirier, who's only lost to Habib in the last five or six years. And, well, Connor, I mean, Connor lost to Habib, but it's still Connor McGregor. And you didn't make this a lightweight title fight. I mean, at this point, that would have been the biggest lightweight title. That would have been the biggest title fight of the year. And it's only January. What's going to be the follow up now? Sure, Dustin has some heat, but if he fights Oliveira or if he fights um, Michael Chandler, he said it's not going to get. He said there's no chance on fighting Michael Chandler next. He wants he wants one of two fights. Is the way Dustin's talking. He said he wants Nate. Or he wants Connor. But here's the thing now. It would have made sense for this past fight to be for the lightweight title. All right. Now, I mean, it makes even even considering Connor McGregor is the cash cow that he is, it makes absolutely no sense for Dustin Connor three to be for a title. And it makes no sense for Dustin Diaz, if that were to happen, to be for the title either. Well, let's, so I, have, have, I, have, I, I actually shit. disagree, Mike, because of this reason. I don't think you can just. I don't think any lightweight title fight without just Dustin Poirier's name in it is a real title fight. Okay, so I'm not saying I'm not saying some other fight can be the lightweight title. You're saying I'm Dustin saying has to fight somebody. has to fight Oliveira or something. Yes, I'm okay. saying that his options as to so who can be his next fight, which should be for the lightweight title. Granted, this is UFC. They have done screwy shit in the past before. These belts are basically mean nothing at this point anyway, but I see your... Yeah, I get where you're going. Yeah, so it, it would make no sense for the next title shot to be him or Connor or him or, or Diaz. Steph, you wanted to get in on this? Can I throw in a wild card? Uh, while you guys are being so sporting and thinking about very sporting matchups and titles and divisions that are relevant, um, if we're talking about we want to get my man Dustin some heat, we want to get him some shine... Who would you pick in this event? BMF title. Dustin Poirier versus Jorge Masvidal. Who would you take right now? Can Jorge get down to 155 at this point? In I don't think... Okay, look, this is a scenario where they're going to fight each other at all because I don't think they would. I mean, they would. Money's money. Um, at 170, probably Jorge, I guess, because Jorge's way bigger than him. But I wouldn't be surprised if Dustin pulled it off, to be honest. That's my... What do you think, Steph? What do you, what you mean... Um, they're teammates. Like That's Dustin. part of this too. So, oh my bad, I didn't know that. That I guess that does change things. Well, money's just money like, though. They're all gonna get paid. It just kind of my head goes there because if Dustin says he wants to fight Nate or Connor, his head's in the right place. His head's in the money fight. Do you? And so, well, Stan, let me if we're thinking talking about what are money fights, the BMF title was invented to make money fights. Mm. Um, to be who cares about what the division says, who cares about the title. The BMF title exists to be like, what's a damn good fight that is going to draw interest, eyes, buzz, and dollars? So that's just why my head goes there. Um, and if Dustin is saying, throwing out the name Nate Diaz, that's where his head is going to. Yeah. Um, they talked about Nate Diaz. They had a fight they were interested for him doing this. They were mentioning before this card. Do you think, Mark, that they were talking about one of these two guys, or do you think there's some other person? Because I was trying to rack my brain about who's the person they think they can get Nate Diaz to fight. Um, and my best guess is Justin Gaethje, but I don't know if Nate gives a fuck just to get in a firefight with a guy that he doesn't think anybody knows. 
That's why I'm like, what do you, who do you think that person is that they're saying they want to offer Nate? Yeah, I. It makes more sense now with Connor. I, I think that fight makes infinite amount of sense now because they're both coming off losses. Any right? combination they're of those three there. guys, right? Basically, makes well, sense. and it's also like, look at you have Connor. He is their big money cow. You want to set him up for success. He can beat Nate Diaz. Like we know he can beat Nate Diaz. He has the skill set that does not necessarily work super well with Nate. I mean, Nate got the first win on him. That was short notice at 170. I think it's a very winnable fight for Connor, and it's a very sellable fight for Connor. It's a big pay per view, and it makes sense. Do you uh, not think? He, do you not think he can beat Dustin if they fought again? I mean, the man made the man made Connor? knows how to make knows how to make adjustments. He made a lot of adjustments before that Nate. I just don't. I, it's just I just don't see the point. In, like, why blow that now? Like, I think they they've been working on this Nate Connor fight for like they've they've talked about having a trilogy forever. Yeah. And in a lot of times it just didn't make sense because like Nate would just have lost a fight. It's like he just beat he just lost to Masvidal. Why is he going to fight Connor? Why does Connor want to fight him now? Because his stock's even lower. The stock's been lowered on both of them. I think it makes sense to have that fight now. I don't I don't necessarily want to see him and Dustin run back right now because I want to get sold. Connor McGregor's the killer again. I need to see him smash some dude's face in. So I'm like, okay, yeah, he had a good fight against Dustin. This was not a bad performance by Connor. He just got out techniqued. And he had to deal with something that he hasn't really had to deal with. He has not strategized about how to and, counter those kicks. And shit, man, sometimes the other guy just is better than you that night. It's not some grand, you know, yeah. the other guy's an excellent fighter and he lost to so, him. I mean, there's, I think there is a ton of interesting fights for Connor. I think those two fights make sense. I'm not super hot on Dustin. I think him and Gaethje would be fun. I think him and Ferguson's fun. I think those are all decent fights for Connor to have Ooh, next. Ferguson. That, I mean, look, and you can sell it. You can sell it just on Connor, right? Because he'll sell the card by himself. When it comes to Nate, I don't really know. Without Connor, who's if, out there? That's well, he kind said of he wants Dustin. Way. That's who Nate said he wanted. Was he was training was said, I'm, after I'm, after he won? He the said fight, I'm, he right? said I'm training to beat your ass is what he told that. But then Gaethje yeah. started shit talking him. Which I mean, look, let's get into the other people. The other, the other guy had a big night, Michael Chandler. Um, I know I'm the person who just said that I'm not going to buy a lightweight title fight. I don't find a terrible amount of legitimacy in a lightweight title fight that doesn't include Dustin Poirier. But this is the UFC, and at this point, a lot of the weight, the belts, whatever. Who gives a shit? Um, is Michael Chandler definitely fighting for the lightweight championship, assuming it's not on the line in Poirier versus McGregor? Steph, do you think Michael Chandler is fighting for the lightweight championship in his next fight? Could he? Yeah. I, I guess I'm, I'm a coin toss with it. Um, I give him props. He did everything he needed to. He had an explosive win. He 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 had a statement prepared, right? Yeah. He came in with the old pro wrestling shtick. Like he I dropped the Taz line, man. Beat me and if like, you can. He didn't have a Steph, he yeah. didn't have a statement prepared. He had a promo ready to cut. Yeah. Promo <laughs> and I will say, I, you know, coming off of last week, I I said, you know, I've never really been sold on uh, Chandler. Can I tell you something that helped? Not having his corny ass Bellator entrance, right. uh, his real cheap CG promo videos with him hammering and things, his terrible D and B commercial, like all that Bellator stuff away. I'm like, all right, Michael Chandler, he's a little bit more digestible once we wash away this some of this uh, Bellator. I, yeah, that was honestly, um, I was thoroughly impressed because I think about you and me. I mean. We, I mean, maybe we were over hyping up Dan Hooker, but like Michael Chandler was like, "I'm gonna knock this motherfucker out." Like he just chased him down. I think highly of Chan of Hooker. I don't know what was going on with him in that fight. Yeah, he was very tentative, very circly. 
He didn't seem to be throwing anything. I was waiting for a counter-strike the whole time. I'm like, all right, Michael Chandler just coming in. Throw a straight punch, man. Throw something. <laughs> and he's a guy, he spoke really well in the lead-up. He said all the things you would want him to hear. He had a great line taking jabs at uh, Charlie Oliveira, um, comparing him to uh, the broom that he has that's thicker at home. Like, Hooker, was he was carrying himself well during this fight week, but it was in the cage. Did he look a little shell shocked to you? Like, I, I don't know, man. He threw his just, he, he left his gloves in the octagon too, which I don't know what happened there. Like, is he done? Yeah, there's just I a lot. I, I don't just, know what kind of more just out of anger than anything. That's what I like, assume. I think he's, he's not that old. Them down in disgust, he's yeah. just hitting his stride right now. Honestly, he's not going to retire. I don't think. But that was yeah. It wasn't a he didn't look normal. Like he, I don't think Dan Hooker's ever went down that early in a fight. To be honest. Yeah, there's, there's not too much to say in the fight because it really was just Hooker circling until Chandler kind of landed that shot. You know, like, it was just kind of a... I was just more shocked that that's how the fight played out more than anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I expected Hooker to be in there more, and I know Chandler has power, but, like, he was so one-shot headhunty. I don't really remember him fighting like that either, necessarily. That I mean, Mark, you got more technical based on... Maybe you saw something else, but that's, like, the fight I saw. It's just kind of shocked to, like... It it played out so simple to me. He you know, he'd never been he'd only ever been knocked out one other time, and that was a body shot from Edson Barboza. Like he got put he got Michael Chandler almost didn't have respect for anything Dan Hooker was doing. It looked like to me at least. What do you think, Mark? I mean, to break down the fight because there there is I mean it wasn't a long fight, but there was definitely Hooker's game plan definitely seemed to be circle on the outside, use that length, and I think really it was get low kicks he hit him with some good low kicks and we we saw in the main event how damaging the cab kick can be so i think his whole strategy was this dude's new to the ufc he's going to come out like a like a fireball out of a cannon i'm going to pace myself i'm going to circle out make sure i'm not in danger i'm going to fuck up that leg and i have to imagine once the legs compromise this dude loses his mo uh his mobility that's when dan hooker would start utilizing his hands a bit more because he wasn't it was all just low kicks what Chandler did so well, and you can see it earlier on him getting frustrated. He got frustrated following Dan Hooker because he was just circling out to his non-dominant hand. He was Dan Hooker was circling out to his right, to Chandler's left, and he was chasing him, and he was getting tired of chasing him. But what he did really well was when he got him past the warning tracks, when he got him up against the cage, that's when he went to the head. And what he did before that was really good. He kept going to the body. With a tall fighter, it's always better to target the body. You're going to be able to hit that so much easier. You can't you can't lean back. You can't bob and weave. The body's going to be there to hit. Chandler kept doing the, the right straight to the body. Once he got him on that warning track, right straight to the body, you know he's fucking exiting out to his uh, to uh, Chandler's left. Stepped in big, big left hook. It landed great. And one thing that Chandler, one, has a ton of power. Chandler, two, finishing guys, is fucking nasty. That dude is fucking cheap as fuck. He'll hit you right behind the fucking ear because he knows that's going to fuck up your equilibrium and you're not going to be able to get up. I've seen it so many times in Bellator. He hits the one good shot. The guy goes down. He's a little fumbled. He targets right in the back of the head. It's right where Dustin got hit with Connor because it fucks up your equilibrium. The guy's not going to be able to move. It completely immobilizes him. And you saw that with Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker went down to all fours and Chandler basically finished the fight on his fucking knees, but he knows how to angle. He knows how to generate power um, so it was a great performance, you know, and it, 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 you know, it wasn't the most, and I agree, like I was kind of off put with Dan, like he's not using his hands, he's not using his jab, he's not keeping him out of the pocket except for moving, and once he caught off the, the exit, he caught him. So, you know, I think Chandler, I think what's really good for Chandler is, one, I, I kind of agree with Dustin, 
Um, this division just so stacked. We talked about it last week. Tony Ferguson had to win eight fucking fights in a row before he was even mentioned for a title fight. Like one and done to get a title fight is not super fair. I think Oliveira is absolutely next in line. I think he just does, he's earned it a bit more. But you know, if Chandler can he can position this so well, he says, "Look at look what Dan Hooker said for this fight. No one wanted to fight me." Everyone was running fucking away from me. The one guy that had the balls to take me, what the fuck happened to him? I knocked him the fuck out in two minutes and 30. And then what does Dustin say? He's scared of me too. He doesn't want to fight me. Everyone in this division is fucking scared of me because I'm the fucking, that's an easy way to pivot. And what Dustin actually said is like he hasn't earned it. And I think that's absolutely true. But you just take the soundbite of like the the guy who's number one doesn't want to fucking fight me because he's fucking scared of me. Like that's that's all I got to do. And I think Chandler has the same problem that Dustin has. They're not super charismatic guys. I think Chandler is channeling that a little bit more. He's getting a little nasty. And I think if he just takes that that storyline of like, no one wants to fucking fight me. And the one guy with the balls did, got fucking creamed, and now he wants to retire. He's leaving his gloves in the octagon. I'm the fucking, you know, I think that's an easy, he, he'll have to get one more fight. I think him and Justin Gaethje is just too good. I to was going to say, up. Justin Gaethje and him is what I want to see. It's just too good. That's like, what I don't, see. Don't if we're, if we're not doing Justin versus Nate or something, at least give me Justin versus Chandler. That's fun too. Chandler and, and Nate Diaz. I, I always say, Mark, fun, with this but, weight class, it, I don't care. Just put, pull two names out of it. Yeah, the thing is, you have so pick anybody. Yeah, anybody in the top, like, RDA's back down there somehow. Felder's still in the top 10? Really? I, I Felder retired? What What happened? I don't know. He should. He's been getting... Why aren't we throwing to, to, Genie Tourist uh, Charles Oliveira into the mix, right? I, well, what is what is Oliveira like... I, I mean, yeah, Oliveira deserves a title. He said something about just not making weight. I don't think he was hurt. I think he just didn't like the timetable for one of the events. Yeah, he's like, I can't do it that quickly. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Chandler's argument, there, there's caveats to it, but he can just run with it and be like, everyone's scared of me. Yeah. Look what I'm doing. I'm the so, fucking best. Um, easy narrative for him to play up. Um, it's moving on. By the way, um, I do like that we got this main event of Connor versus Dustin because Connor wanted to fight. The UFC didn't want to book him in a fight without getting some sort of more money than they could. Um, and then Connor told Dustin, I will, f- let's do a sparring match and I'll donate 500 grand to your charity. Forced and, Dust- a little and bit. Dustin's like, sure. Um, D- I mean, uh, both of these guys grew up quite a bit, you can tell, from the first fight. Because I was watching some of the stuff from the first fight where, like, Dustin was such a hothead. Like, D- Connor was so in his head in the- going into that first one. Like, he just kept calling him P-head. Um, like, not like like urine pee. Like, pee like his head looks like a pee. Like the food. And I remember Dustin was getting so angry. This one, Don, like, you know, there was a lot of good vibes. And, Con- and Connor donated $500,000 to his charity still at the end of this thing. Um, and hyped up his hot sauce, which was kind of cool. Um, you could see it in the press conference, even when like Michael Chandler was talking about, like, oh, I, I, I can't wait to get the opportunity to fight Connor. And Connor's like, oh, it's, you know, every, it was very more amicable. Which for me, like, I like this personality of Connor more. I think he needed the bravado early on. He needed the big ego to sell himself and to become a superstar. Now that he is a superstar, I let do them come, like. Let them come to him. He doesn't need to go chase guys with his shit talking. Let them exactly. come to him. And I, and I like that. And it kind of, and that's why it's like, uh, you know, it, finally Connor displays like an attitude that I find a little bit more easy to swallow. Well, I mean, here's he the thing. It's like, oh, that's too bad. Well, here's the thing also. Like, I mean, my uh, one of my friends was like, oh, why is Connor respectful with this guy? He wasn't respectful with Khabib. I'm like, after the fight's over, Connor's actually pretty good with everybody. And even with Cowboy, he was fine leading, he was good leading up to it. Nate and him seemed like they were buddies. I mean, honestly. And Connor, I, I'm gonna, Connor and Khabib I, I just don't like each this, other. Since you brought it up, Bobby, uh, 
I can never leave this without saying without the man because I'm the guy who I've, I've championed Khabib as the pound like the great guy for a long time. But one thing that absolutely rubbed me wrong is the conflagration of talent equals good person oh, yeah. with sports. Khabib's not and a good person at all. That's the reason you're not. That's the reason you're not necessarily respectful to Khabib. Yeah, he did something for his dad, and he made a promise to his mom. He's got a long list of bad shit as well. Look, I'm sorry. Well, one of these guys. Yeah, I'm gonna like, say honestly on the bad shit scale, I think Khabib's got more than Connor. Just saying. I think he's got more bad stuff that he's done than Connor. Just my It would sense. be an interesting conversation to have. Well, I, just, I think too with Habib, I think he knew potentially, and this is one of Connor's, you know, best weapons that he's he can't utilize or doesn't utilize now is, is mental warfare. Like, it, and just like you talk about the first Dutch uh, uh, Dustin uh, Poirier fight and a lot of the early fights, he talks a big bravado. He has this big ego, and it got in people's heads. You know, well, a lot of these MMA got, fighters are real fucking fragile. It looks like a yeah. lot of them are real fucking fragile mentally. <laughs> and, and the guys he didn't do that with, I think one was him kind of maturing as a person. And with Nate, it was like, well, this shit doesn't work. Because I, I, I tell Nate that all his teammates are doing steroids, and he says, I'm doing steroids. Like, that was still the best. Nothing affects this dude. It just bounces off. That, that, so that was good work. because Cotter, after Nate said that, like Cotter almost just looked over at the media like, Y'all heard this shit? What, what the fuck? What am I doing? He was like, didn't sue your homies get caught using steroids? I really like what when a guy... Yeah. You're out, you're out, I like when a guy's trying to pull their shit sometimes their gimmick and it just fails. Like, Do you remember when John Jones used to like just look past people in the stare downs? And I remember when he did it to Quentin. And Quentin wasn't going to win that fight. Let's not kid ourselves. But Quentin <laughs> literally like turned around to look at what John Jones was looking at and just pointed and started smiling over like, hey, you're over there. I remember after the fight, John Jones is like, yeah, Quentin made me look like a dumbass there. I didn't. <laughs> he really turned that around on me. <laughs> um, yeah, some of these guys are just like, you're not going to break them. They're just going to break themselves with their own bullshit. Exactly. Um, all right, rest of this main card. We're going to go through this a little bit faster. Um, JoJo and uh, Jessica I happened. Honestly, my takeaway at the end of this was that JoJo's going to get her ass kicked if she fights the champion. She won this fight pretty handedly. But she'll get murdered. Uh, yeah. I, I would just say, like, I thought this fight was pretty fun. I think they, they both went at it. I mean, it is critical we are of Jessica I. Like, I think she really tried. I think both these girls were scrapping in there. Calderwood just had more tools. You know, I think the Muay Thai, the clinch, she was a lot stronger in. The kicks on the outside. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the fight, it was like they're both gas in the third. And it was like JoJo was right up there for title contention. And with this win, maybe she gets closer, but it's just like she's not gonna have anything for Valentina. She's not I, sharp I mean, enough on the feet. She doesn't have the stamina. She doesn't have. I'm the, looking the, at the, the uh, rankings right now. Andrade, she Valentina beat Andrade, right? I'm not imagining this. Did this happened yet. She already beat Andrade, didn't she? Then Andrade got like a takedown. I mean, everybody was impressed. Won around. She beat Chukasian. Lauren Murphy, Jesus, we're at Lauren Murphy at three. Maya at four. Calvillo at five. Jessica I. Got, they got to book Valentina versus Amanda Nunes just to let this fucking weight class sort itself out a little bit. Mike, you say something? Where is and what weight class? Is, and and uh, has not fought in Valentina. Okay, we can do that. Seth, what, go ahead. I said, where is and what weight class necessarily is Tatiana Suarez? Yeah, where is Tatiana at? That's a good question. She's at 115, isn't she? Is that 115? Yeah, that's 115, I think. I, I, I just She's one of those... In the women's divisions, not a lot of them are super compelling. In most of them, we kind of have a champion at the top that seems pretty definitive. 
But Suarez is just one of those ones who's been waiting in the wing, and I feel like I haven't heard her name in a very long I think long. she got hurt uh, bad. That would be correct, Steph. She hasn't fought since June 8th, 2019. I, think she, she, I think she tore her shit somewhere in there. Uh, her knee, maybe. I could be wrong. Or maybe she doesn't want to fight during a pandemic. Another possibility. Um... But yeah, I see your point, Steph. Is like you kind of need someone that's a specialist, that, that's like a grappling specialist, that's going to bring out like, and that's kind of what you got in Maya. But you just knew she didn't. What have is the, what weight class is Macy Barber? Is this twenty five? Right? She's next. We, she's in, she, she's fighting in a week and in two weeks. Not that I think yeah, she's got a chance here, but she, she, she had the win at one twenty five. Yeah, because I remember she lost it, to Roxanne. Did, did Macy win since she lost us to? No, because she hurt her. I think, I think, I think she tore her ACL and hasn't fought since. That was a, like a year or so ago. Also, to answer your question on Tatiana Suarez, she suffered a neck injury. Oh, that's a bad one. That's a, that's that's called being a wrestler, huh? That's that's where you get that shit from. Um, we had a fight get in here in the main card because we lost a fight because Ahmed Azatar, if I understand the story correctly here, they took off their wristbands to try to get somebody into the area the quarantine zone or whatever it's called and then that person brought a bag with them and then he started then they scaled across balconies trying to get into i don't understand why he needed to do this part he had a wristband already yeah, he had the fucking wristband yeah um <laughs> maybe they realized the wristband isn't enough and i just want to know what's in the bag and that has not been made clear to me. Had to be some like dietary bullshit or some drugs. Uh, or something, I was gonna right? say drugs. What else, this, you why, why else are you scaling a fucking building? This is the Middle East, man. Someone's selling opium. Come on. <laughs> this this sounds very similar um, in terms of boneheadedness. So I think it was a a wide receiver, like a sixth, like a sixth on the depth chart wide receiver. I think for the Seattle Seahawks uh, this past summer that he was cut outright because, you know, he had a little something-something snuck into his uh, hotel room. By something-something, I mean a lady. Yeah, he and, dressed her up as a player. Um, you know, that was, that was a thing he tried to do. He gave her all the property of the Seattle Seahawks gear, how to put the hood up. So I wonder, I can at least understand risking your career for, you know, a little play. It had to have been some type of like performance enhancement or something, right? Like it couldn't have been like. I don't know, man. We, we, we took the time like to learn this guy's name. We did our research. We we're gonna pick him, and then he goes out there and does that to us. I took it personally. That's what I did at the end of this thing. Learning okay, Jordan. These, yeah, learning all these fucking prospects' names, man. We're trying over here. Um, mm -hmm. Amanda Rebus, Marina Rodriguez. Straight up, the UFC was expecting Amanda Rebus to win this fight. Yeah, but uh, I don't think the UFC was expecting Amanda Rebus to just stand in front of a striker like Rodriguez. Yeah, she got clubbed. Um, that was also the one where Herb kind of stopped it, but not really. Yeah, like, he was about to stop it. Herb. It kind of reminded me of when Tan Dan was going to stop um, Pat Barry and check Congo. But that was worse, almost, I think, because he just kept going in and out. Herb got right about to stop this thing. And then he didn't. And then it Herb, didn't matter. Herb's foot, Herb's foot touched. Um rodriguez so you can understand why rodriguez thought that he was stopping the fight yeah that was not a good look there um i think they thought they had another chance content i mean it's straw weight that's only so deep maybe a brand of will get there marina rodriguez though was not supposed to win this fight um big win for her though performance of the night um see who's i don't know what's going on a straw weight this they're still doing this thing where this thing rose doesn't want to fight right that bullshit because they want to rose wants money is that that's what we got going on, right? That Rose doesn't want to fight. Uh, 
That's what they said. Yeah, she didn't want the title and, and, fight. Everybody, and, and they're, they're just like, well, somebody should call me and ask me if I want a title fight. Um, it's just like they have one line. That's it. They don't want to fight. That's what it means. Um, on the prelims, Armin uh, Su- uh, Armin Sarukian defeated Matt Frivola, who was supposed to fight Otman. Uh, and Frivola lost three rounds pretty easily. Uh, Armin was overweight. Brad Tavares hadn't won a fight in a long time. Um, like two years or something. Yeah, Brad Tavares, um, someone everybody likes, but is not that interested in, to be honest, if we're being fair with our, fair to him. Um, My takeaway from that fight was, uh, I forget who on the commentating team, they called out how somebody in Abu Dhabi uh, placed a 20 grand bet on Carlos Jr. Oof. They love those those little talking points. Like, Dude, An- Anik, loves, Anik loves gambling. Well, I think, I think it was Dan pointed out because someone was like, oh, someone that's a lot of money. And then I think Dan was like, if they're putting that money on this fight, then they have too much money. Like, this is a drop in the bucket for them. Um, Probably like a fiver for one of us. Juliana Vega. Vega. Pena. Uh, Juliana Pena won her fight by... Uh, did you finish her? Submission, yeah. yeah. Um, being a finishing Sarah McMahon. Impressive. Pretty sure she called out the champion, if I'm not mistaken, when it was over. Um, so, slow down. I mean, slow down. I I think my exact words to you when that fight came on was Sarah McMahon is still fighting. Yeah, on a one fight win streak. Um, I don't know what weight class she wants Amanda at. Um, anyway, thirty five. I mean, I, the only reason why that even makes any remote sense is just like um, uh, Nunez just running out of girls to fight, and she hasn't fought Pena. Yeah. So like, that's what it sounds like. Um. So that was it. The UFC was on Fight Island. They sold a ton of pay per views. A lot of people saw Conor McGregor lose, saw Dustin Poirier win, saw Michael Chandler steal Taz's line from uh, ECW. Beat me if you can. He didn't do the rest of it. Survive if I let and, you. <laughs> and Bobby, let's not forget the most important subplot of all. Everyone in the world watched this event legally because Dana White oh, yeah. has ended all streaming. Let's he, talk- he found the source of it, guys. And he found that man who was the source of all streaming on the internet, and he put a halt to that. Well, let's guy. talk about the, the, fact- the IT department at Disney from the problems I heard that he has. Oh, yeah, let's talk yeah. about that. Steph, uh, turn your microphone towards you a little bit, please, by the way. Um, yeah, um, Disney, uh, ESPN Plus didn't work for the first two fights, at least, of the main card. I mean, it didn't work for us either because we use ESPN Plus. Exactly. Um, it was. I told you, I think that was an attack. Like, I think Dana poked the uh, internet streaming bear, and somebody out there was like, oh, you want to stop me, huh? I'll I'll, I'll show you who stops who. You know what's interesting? I would buy that even more, but ESPN has been so bad with this for so long. Like, I've been on the streaming with ESPN bandwagon for a while because I haven't had cable in fucking forever. Um, And I used to, like, use my parents' login for watch ESPN. And it has never gotten better. Like, it is continually shitty. ESPN's apps. It is amazing that a month. Yeah, they, they have a. They're hell bent on using their own video player. Um, Bill Simmons has talked about it extensively of how early he was trying to get ESPN to adopt things like YouTube and Twitter and just make their content be available on other platforms. But ESPN has always been hell bent on running their own player. Well, you know what it is also step rights and everything, and it's always been janky, like you said. It's like the, the the framework they're using, like what the UFC did. With Fight Pass, that made it way better for people to actually use that thing. And I'll be honest, we never really had an issue with using the UFC pay-per-view website when you could buy from them directly. Is they use the um, MLB video player 
actually, which is kind of the class of this, because MLB early on in streaming realized people live all over the place and want to watch 162 games of baseball for some reason, and they have a really good player. ESPNs is terrible. Like, it is impressively bad. And it's a constant issue. It's a constant issue to use on our browser, too. It's There's there's a lot of times, even when it's not a pay-per-view event, where I'll try to watch something, like, just on ESPN, like, with the Watch ESPN app, where I'll get error messages and I won't be able to watch anything. I mean, like, yeah, me and Mike share an account, which is, you know, we both pay for it and we pay. But there's times where, like, it's just me and him and it just won't work. And I'm like, how is it not working for either of us? This makes no sense at all. It's terrible. Um, really embarrassing for ESPN+. Plus. Um, and it's the guy who used to run it for the run the UFC's pay-per-view saying, this is obvious. Their, their server didn't anticipate this many people. Which I'm like, how? How did you not anticipate this? It's the biggest pay-per-view star in the world. Not named Floyd Mayweather. I, I think it's easy. Because this happens in video games all the time, too. It's like a big game comes out that's an online game. And it's like the servers crash. because, And it's like, and, and it's the same thing, Bob. It's like, you know, like millions of people are going to... I think it's one of those things that you can't really... You can think you have all the, the servers ready and all the, you know, banks set up. And then a bunch of people come in and it just, you know, shit happens, you know. Um, when it comes to, like, stopping the streaming thing, like, I get it. I mean, it makes sense. You want to protect your your big money thing. I think a better the better way to always go about it instead of trying to stop people from illegally streaming it is you just need to make your product so easily available and and financially you know I think $70 is kind of asking a lot still you, you need to make it, it really so is. easily available and make it you know affordable enough that even though people could stream it illegally, it's like it's just easier if I just pay for the fucking thing. And I think that's where this comes in. You know, how well, is the barrier I, I, of having ESPN Plus and having to pay the pay-per-view and all there's that like stuff a is bunch of paywalls. You're behind a five dollar paywall, and then another exactly. seventy dollar. It's absurd, Steph. You want to get on this? I think you know buying t or like downloading torrents for TV shows was really big, and then Netflix came out, and it's like, well, you could torrent all this shit. You absolutely can, or you can pay us seven bucks a month, and you get a whole bunch of shit for free. not for free, but you get all the stuff with the service. That's how you kind of combat pirates yeah I mean, like you make you make a service that's cheaper better than pirating it and then you get and that's how you, it's trying to stop it's never going to work yeah there's always going to be vpns and ways around shit you know the hat people that want to get shit for free try really fucking hard and they will find ways around it it's just easier to sell a product that's so much more appealing that's like i could go on a legal s- stream or i could just yeah you know what thing. let's uh step i want to get you on this but i want to mention actually some of the news we got today about peacock and um the adjustments they're making, you know, with the WWE actually. But Steph, you wanted to get in on the streaming talk? Oh, I was just going to say, is Mark is 100% right about that. And like I've said this for a long time, I think Dana hurts more than he helps at this point. Look, there's a big thing when that bombastic uh, bald asshole is out here being like, try me, try me. I got you. I got something for you. Like I said, he was really stirring the pot on it in a way. Like I said, it's that it's that Michael Jordan from The Last Dance meme. And I took that personally. <laughs> Someone was like, who's this guy telling me he's going to come He, he did that last time he did that. They hacked him. But the whole the, thing, no, too, was like... Dana doesn't he, need to be doing that. So. And it wasn't even like, oh, I'm come, I'm, we're stopping legal streaming. It's like, we got one guy in our target. And we're going to stop this. It's like, okay, dude, one guy is not going to be enough, dude. You need to stop it at, like, the did source. You, guys- you need to get people off of Reddit and shit. And off of these Russian sites. Dude, you can't just he be is, like, he's 51. We Pedro. In, in Spain, and now we're all you, good. It's like, look, no. I, I understand a lot of why people like Dana White and the general public because he doesn't, because compared to other sports commissioners, 
who are, some of them are incredibly inept, um, talking about the baseball one, and other ones are just so dry, it's miserable, like, um, you know, Roger Goodell, that Dana seems like a, you know, an entertaining guy to have around, he's part, he's a fucking promoter, man, it's entertaining shit, but you're 51 fucking years old, man, you're an adult, get it together, say, honestly, if you explain why, like, hey, man, like, hey, we pay these fighters based on how much behavior reviews we make, yada, 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 and there's a number, Mark, that, like, you can charge for a subscription service. There's a number that will help. I, I, I do think the argument of him coming out and being like, we got to pay the fighters. He's like, you're also oh. getting fucking sued for not paying the fighters. Yeah. So that excuse is right out the fucking window. Oh, okay. well no, people product. aren't paying attention to that one too much. That story. Oh, right. I, I get your point. Dude, yeah. I'm not saying, I don't know what the number is. Because I just saw today WWE's entire network is going to Peacock, which WWE is already 10 bucks a month. But I guess if you're on Peacock, which apparently if you have Comcast Flex, you just have Peacock anyway. Um, the do you have Comcast Flex stuff? You just looked up at me. I know you have Comcast. Me? No, I don't have any type of cable or anything. No, I guess yeah, I, mean, I, I guess I got Flex. Yeah, it's like I a little box they give you, you with internet. Yeah, they give it to you when you don't get cable, and they're like, "Oh, here's a streaming thing you can use." And at first, I was like, "Oh, is this like a free little like?" usb dongle or hdmi dongle i can plug in when i got this big fucking box i was like oh, fuck this shit I'm yeah i guess they just shit. give you peacock though because comcast owns nbc and nbc's right, yeah, and, that's, and that's a good in for them so it was already, but, yeah, I, but it's five bucks a month now for peacock which already i guess their big thing is they have the office and parks and rec and all, and all their own shit yeah but for five bucks a month you also i guess if you, for the ad that's the ad version you get all the wwe pay-per-views and all that stuff um and then I guess if there's ad-free version, it's 10 bucks. But if you have the Flex thing, I guess you get the ad-free version too, which is kind of cool. Um, I guess, yeah. There's a number for a streaming service for the UFC, and it's not um, – they're not going to do it for 10 bucks a month. I get it, right? They only have one show a month. That's a pay-per-view. Like, so does Vince, but he seems to make do, but whatever. Um, there's a number where you call – you charge it like – you just make a tier of ESPN Plus that, you know, gives you the UFC pay-per-view – if there is one, it's kind of like what the zone was trying to yeah. do, right? They got Canelo and they're like, okay, you're not going to have big pay-per-view events with Canelo. You paid the zone was like 10 bucks a month or something. And you 20? get all these boxing cards and all these other cards. And it's, it's for the zone and stuff. I mean, Canelo's, you know, a big draw. Um, but with the UFC, it's kind of like they're the only game in town. So I get why they're hesitant to have that structure. But like you said, Bobby, there's a number, there is a number. And it is like, you know, you get it, it, it have to be something like, yeah, if it's a thing of ESPN plus or really for me to be like, you're basically getting fight pass. We're going to have all this extra bullshit you don't really care about. And then you also get the pay-per-views. And it is like, what's that number? Is it like 30 a you month? Know, they, because... I don't think they give a fuck. Here's the thing. They're getting healthy on the one or two Conor McGregor pay-per-views a year or whatever big ones they got. And then they'll take it. They'll deal with the rest of them because they're like, well, there's 200,000 yeah. assholes or hell, actually these days, there's 500,000 people buying these pay-per-views now, no matter who's on them somehow. Um, I think. The ESPN part of that helps. Where they're like, fuck it. Like, ESPN's paying us anyway. ESPN pays them the equivalent of like a $500,000 pay-per-view. 500000 by pay-per-view apparently no matter what. So, I, I 70 bucks is a lot of fucking money, man. It's a lot of money for, like, I was going to say pay-per-views were 30 bucks when I was a kid. <laughs> and and the excuse used to be like, well, you're going to get all your buddies together. We're like, well, now it's I pandemic can't. time. Fucker, yeah. So we can't do that. So, and, and what, maybe ESPN could have three streams, but they don't even like that shit. Like, you know, it doesn't so work it well. Weird. Yeah. And it, and, and that price has, you know, I, didn't they raise it five bucks? Like, even, I think like, it was, I think it was 60 ago? at first, right? Wasn't it like, it was 60 for a while and then it was 60 and now it's, and this is like, it's going up more. It, it, it's getting tough. It, it's getting tough to, to validate that high price tag. 
And, you know, when Shit when you work. don't have to be super computer literate to go on Reddit and find a dude like, click this stream and there you go. It's just like, okay, like you're asking a lot of your consumer to be like, no, I want to pay the $70 and the, the $5 a month on top. And when I do it, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, know, like, I mean, right. it is, they don't give a shit, Mike, right? They're just, whatever. They're making money right now. They're selling more pay-per-views probably than they ever had before. They're calling it a fucking they've had about, They've had about nine months or ten months of evidence to show that the model that they're doing is working. Yep. In Corona times. Yep. Um, all right, let's knock out some news this past week. It sounds like the UFC's booked. You know what, man? A lot of fights coming up that I'm excited for. Um, sounds like we got ourselves a pay- the next pay-per-view. The main event is booked. Um, Gilbert Burns and Kamara Usman, which was supposed to happen whenever Masvidal fought on one day, one week notice. Yep. Um, got a couple other fights on this card. Uh, Macy Barber, Alexa Grasso, Uriah Hall, Chris Weidman. Honestly, this is the thinnest of the pay-per-view cards coming up by a mile. Um, kind of feels like this is the one where the UFC is like, well, whatever. We're going to get our baseline ESPN plus ESPN fee and call it a fucking day. Um, UFC 259, um, three title fights, which is pretty goddamn cool. Um, Very cool. Jan Blakowicz is the Adesanya for the 205-pound title. Uh, That's a super fight. That I is mean, a that, goddamn- that, that right there, they don't need to have three title fights. No, That's they don't need fight. to. Two, two uh, division champions fighting each other. That's Amanda awesome. Nunes versus Megan Anderson as featherweight. That's awesome. Um Peter Yawn, Aljamain Sterling at 135. I understand Peter Yawn got hurt or something, but if they could make Peter Yawn and Aljo make it over to this other card with uh, Burns, and that would help. it would probably they help. They need it more. <laughs> um, that's in March. Edwards and Chimeyev got rebooked. Let's see if that actually happens, assuming Chimeyev starts wearing a mask, you know, so she tries to avoid COVID. Um, that's the following week. I'm trying to see. UFC 260, two title fights too. Steve Amiosic, Francis Ngannou, round two. Well, fight two. Round six. Uh, we're going to see if Ngannou's made the adjustments needed to beat the best heavyweight of all time. Uh, we also got Alex Volkanovsky, Brian Ortega, which I am really intrigued by, Steph. I'll be honest. I do not know what I think about that one right now. Brian Ortega looks so good. So good in that yeah, last fight. His striking really kind of seemed to take a leap against Zombie, so... Um... It kind of yeah, based on how Holloway has done against Volkanovski, you'll even though we've seen Brian face Max, there's there's going to be a lot of MMA math that comes out of whatever the result of that fight is. Yeah, that card's on March 27th. The other pay per view before it with eighty with the three title fights is on March 6th. So the UFC is really going to ask you to pay 140 dollars to them in one month. At least they're making it worth your, your, your yeah. Dollars, right? I mean, to be clear, on cards that that make you like you got to see those fights. You got, you know what? I was going to bitch about a man who is not getting a goddamn main event, but it's hard to get the main event when you have champion versus champion. So, uh, I mean, and, and Megan Anderson, I mean, no knock against her. I mean, it's just there, there is not a really compelling fight for Amanda Nunes. I, I love that she's jumping up to 45 and 35 and defending both belts. That's fucking baller as shit. That, I think that she's, puts I think, her at like, retiring. Most man. Baller champion. I think this is it. But I, I think this is it. I think she's retiring. I oh, she it. retires after she's, yeah. she I mean, was talking about it. What is she doing? There's not really much else to prove. At this point, it's just she has everything she to got, lose she got, and nothing she to She got gain. a kid now. Anina's back fighting. Yeah. Maybe she wants to focus more. Maybe now she stays. And- I would say 
I would say probably just trying to rack up as much for the nest egg as possible. Yeah, I right? guess. I mean, I maybe need have too much money. Yeah. Maybe we get to the point let's eventually. Face, I mean, how, how much damage is she taking in, in these fights? Oh, I, I was going to say how much money she's making. She, she, unfortunately, she should be getting Connor how much, level of money. Uh, well, okay. She, she, does, she does not. She does, okay. Connor brings in more eyes than her, in fairness. I, well, I'm saying, like, legitimately. Just talent wise? She is, she is the most dominant fighter. Oh yeah, in in combat sports right now, she is holding a belt in two divisions and defending. If it. she's getting less than if she's getting champion. less than seven fifty, I'm gonna be a little bit sad. And I think she's getting less than seven fifty. Yeah, I do too. I don't think she's clearing a belt I mean, because I, I mean, I, honestly, I don't I, like you said. I don't think she's bringing in enough eyes, and I think that's criminal. You know, but she, in my eyes, like it takes MMA royalty to to have a reign on top of that mountain. To be on two fucking mountains and raining over both of them is fucking unheard of. So I mean, like my my yeah, hands off. I uh, I think I, mean, I do think we get to the point where she winds it down, though. I mean, Gilbert. I I, I'm thinking more of like a Gilbert Melendez situation. though. Gilbert really fell off too. But you could <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, but also like you could tell like at, a, at the end here, Gilbert was more like the coach, and um, I forgot his sure. wife's name, Carrie, Carrie, Carrie Ann. Um, yeah. that she was fighting more and more, and Gilbert was more coaching, and you know. I know they got a kid and all that stuff. Oh, so. he also got that. He popped for steroids and got suspended for two years. That'll kind of bring Is you Gil in Bellator now? Didn't Gil sign with somebody? What happened there? I have no idea, dude. I have no idea what happened to Gil. He should just... I mean, look, I love the guy. Just hang it up. Like, you're, you're good. Hey, man, if Bellator will pay you, Bellator will pay you. Go find it. Go, go visit, you visit the Mohegan Sun. You get a couple fights in. Gilbert has... Uh, he got released. That does not mean he signed anywhere. All right. Um, what's Shields up to? Good questions, but what's going on with this with the scrapbook? Everybody's old, man. They're all they're almost forty. That's what's going. I don't on. know. Do you still got all your laptops where they're supposed to be? That's true. You know, like, <laughs> um, I like how, seriously. I do like we had a conversation today about how the UFC has not stripped a man of his title and booked a new title fight quick enough. We have officially reached the other end. <laughs> so weird. We've literally. It's just we went all the way around. Because <laughs> I'm literally watching. I'm like, what are we doing? Why is it? Why are we handing a belt to Dustin right now? Give him a belt. Who can, do it retroactively? We have some do it now. Right? Yeah. We some preposterous IC titles being handed out, and in this case, the dude legitimately retired in the ring and is like, "Nah, nah, nah, we good." The last time Dustin okay. got the belt, made less like it was less legitimate than this. Like, what the fuck? Just give him a belt. And you're playing with poor Chandler's heart because he's all confused. He's hearing Dana say, oh, if someone does something spectacular, Habib might come back. And he's thinking that's him. Well, and I he guess gets a Habib said. And Habib's not coming back to fight Chandler, even though I think Habib's like, fun. I'm like on a different level than all these guys. I'm like, well, fuck, man. He, but honestly, now that when Habib said that allegedly, I'm just like, okay, so are you just dicking around or are you done? Like, let's and just. The thing is, is that anyone else says that is like, wow, what a cocky motherfucker. But I heard that. I'm like, I mean, he's right. Yeah. Cool. He lied. Take. He'll come back. He, look, it's uh, he's waiting. He's gonna wait a couple of years. Come back to a, for a week welterweight champion, and he's gonna take out the welterweight champion in a couple of years. As awesome. what do we call that, Marcus? The Randy Couture special. Yeah, yeah Randy Couture it's, special. It's what Biden did to Trump. He recognized a week for a week, a week, a week out there. And he came up and said, "I can beat this guy." And he came somehow out of like retirement. Masvidal, <laughs> somehow, like Masvidal is going to get the belt in a weird fight or something. Then he'll wrestle fuck Masvidal. And we're we're, we're just waiting. Down. Yeah, are they going to book Masvidal versus Covington? Isn't that a thing eventually for the piece of shit award of twenty twenty one? Oh yeah. Man, what a, what a year Masvidal had, man! Like <laughs> just squander like, all the goodwill. <laughs> It was like WWE. He came into 2020 the biggest face. 
by the end of it, it's like, fuck this, this was a real Seth Rollins halfway through the title race situation where everybody's just like, man, fuck this guy. Fuck we, this guy entirely. We, we should touch real quickly uh, with the Magni. I was going to say, I, I, Jesus Christ, I was wrong. Because Kessa called out Covington, and I was like, all right, that's something. I, I think Covington would beat him. Which well, do you know sucks, what he said? But... Why you asked why he called him out? He says, that's the hardest matchup for me. Yeah, let's get by. In fairness to Michael Chiesa, he's a contender now. He's up there. That was a good fight against Matt. I mean, it wasn't the most exciting fight in the world, but he wrestle-fucked the shit out of him, uh, and he needed to do that. He really solidified himself at uh, 170. So I don't know if you guys caught that fight. It was on Wednesday like at 11 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, but it was, a, it was a good performance by him. You know, it wasn't like he went five rounds hard with Magny. He controlled the whole fight. He looked good. Um, you know, I, he has, I think, a, I think he has a, a fought like he was like, you know what? I need him. I need this to say W at the end, but I know a lot of people aren't watching. So let me just, you know, make sure I win this thing. We're not looking for a lot of highlights. Let me just win. <laughs> um, all right. Let's do uh, let's do stuff we like. Um, I'll go. Um, I watched a documentary on Hulu called You Cannot Kill David Arquette. Um. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, people probably know David Arquette. Um, he was Officer whatever from Scream. Dewey? Right, Dewey? Right. Dewey from Scream, probably, but best known for that. Was married to Courtney Cox. Um, relevant to what was the best thing he's done? People love Scream, man. That first Scream movie was a fucking hit. I mean, you're, you're not leading off that he was like the last WCW. Well, that's what the documentary is about, actually. Well, it, I mean, <laughs> the documentary talks about how his career kind of went to shit. It's honestly... Yeah, he, played, re- he played Drew Barrymore's little brother and never been kissed. Yeah, so um, David Arquette, um, 20 years ago, there was a movie that came out called Ready to Rumble. It was a movie about professional wrestling, um, and I like Ready to Rumble. It's dumb right. as shit. But it's a fun watch. I if you I mean Mike, if you haven't seen Ready to Rumble, I think you should watch it because it's real stupid and fun. Um, this isn't a quality type of review as much uh, recommendation as much as like I think you'll chuckle. So in promotion for this movie, which had a lot of uh, WCW, which was a promotion at the time, uh, stars in it. David Arquette was on WCW television, and they and David Arquette's a huge wrestling fan. Legitimately, they put the World Championship on David Arquette. David Arquette won the world championship, the one of the oldest titles ever, descended from the NWA championship. They put it on David Arquette. And wrestling fans like hyper, hyperbole, and they all decided it was the worst thing that's ever happened in this sport ever, which it wasn't. But it talked about, and a lot of the documentaries about how he is dealing with his own issues, quite frankly, of like, got a lot of mental health issues and stuff, but also the fact that he's a... Big fan of pro wrestling, like a massive fan. And he always like loved it as a kid. And he really feels that he disrespected the sport, or if you don't want to call it a sport, but you know what I mean. And he wants to get back into wrestling, which is why a couple of years ago, I'm not sure you guys heard any of the stories about David Arquette went and trained and started wrestling again. Um, and like learned went to school and bumped and started doing death matches, which it goes really awry in one of them against Nick Gage. Um, kind of a known crazy uh, deathmatch wrestler. But it's a lot of stuff about how, like, he's like, I don't want to be a joke anymore. Um, and it's him trying to redeem what he was in the industry. Like, he, he thinks he embarrassed pro wrestling. And he thinks he brought shame to it. And it's a really, honestly, it's a really good documentary. I was really, in, I was never bored at any point. They talked to, they talked to uh, Eric Bischoff. They're talking to, 
DDP, um, the Diamond Dallas Page. Um, they're talking to Ric Flair. Um, you got a Jungle Boy sighting because I guess he's really good friends with Luke Perry. You got a Luke Perry sighting before his death. Oh, can I give out a shout to Jungle Boy? I guess this, I, I wanted to mention this last week, uh, but they said uh, Tony Khan opened up the, uh, Christ- oh, yeah. the <laughs> rings for his Christmas gift. They He comes out to Baltimore's Tarzan. Oh, yeah. And... That's a fucking legit song. Did, did you listen? Did you hear the clip of Taz singing the song while Jungle Boy oh, came out? That, that, that was terrible. Oh, yeah. I don't want him to do that anymore. Oh, but yeah. that's one of those things where, when a pro wrestling crowd can be sold out, and one day when he gets his push for a belt, like, and the crowd gets to sing that with him, like, it's like the Shinsuke effect, right? Yeah. When the crowd can really just sing your song with you as you walk out, that'll be a really. I, nice I told I told Mike play. we're gonna go to Double or Nothing next year in 2022. That one. We're going to go to 2022 Double or Nothing. Not this year's. We'll all go to that one and sing Jungle Boy. Oh, <laughs> Same song. Nobody's going um, legitimately, though, um, I really enjoyed it. If you have a Hulu subscription, I know you guys like documentaries. Um, he goes to Mexico, and they teach him how to do wrestling. I guess in Mexico with red lights, luchadors just wrestle in the streets um, and just get money from people. Rather than, you know, like get window washers. They got dudes just doing lucha in Mexico. Um, it's, I really was really, I really enjoyed it. And you kind of like feel for the guy too, because he's dealing with a lot. Uh, Courtney Cox is in there too. And like his daughter is so like, they have a daughter who's like 16 years old. And you can imagine how embarrassed she is by the whole situation. It's adorable, quite frankly, but I really enjoyed it. Um, you cannot kill David Arquette. It's on Hulu. A lot of you probably have that, uh, Hulu Disney plus ESPN plus package. Um, it's worth checking out for sure. So that's what I got this week. Uh, Steph, what do you got? Uh, I got a lot of little things that I'll kind of fire through. Um, Itzy, one of my uh, favorite newer uh, K-pop groups, they actually dropped a uh, English versions album. So not a new album, but uh, it's a compilation uh, where they recorded English versions of all their singles. Um, they are trying to have a Western influence. They have one English fluent member, but you can tell all of them are practicing. Um Those songs can be a little wonky sometimes when a song just gets translated as opposed being dedicated written. But I will say, aside from occasional like wonky lyrics here and there, it actually holds up pretty well. I I find the treks eminently listen doable. Uh, A mini doc um, that I kind of just stumbled on. Mark, it's probably somewhere in your recommended videos on YouTube. Most things I recommend to you, you're getting as well. You just haven't clicked on yet. But um, it's a channel that I've seen videos from in the past called Super Eyepatch Wolf. Um, mm. He does I've like also video and things. Uh, but it was one called The Bizarre World of Fake Martial Arts. Um, it is a half hour video and it goes into things like dim mock combat key and like these martial artists who think they have like real superpowers and it goes into the history of them of when they started coming to prominence, the backgrounds of the people who run it, the sad stories behind some of the people who run it. And it culminates in a story of a guy in China who I didn't, I, I don't, you know, forgive me for not knowing his name, but I do recommend checking it out. It's about a half hour on YouTube. Um, that was really interesting. It's basically about a guy who's just a hobbyist MMA guy. He was a DJ and he just has staken his whole life and reputation on this Tai Chi shit is bullshit. Oh, I, and it's I know about by this the government. Guy. Yeah, I and know the story. They're destroying his life. They're taking his social credit away. He, there was this Tai Chi guy who he beat the shit out of, and then the match was declared a draw. They force him to come out in clown makeup, and like they constantly try to humiliate and destroy this guy's life. And he's like, 
I'm just going to keep doing this thing and I'm going to keep debunking all these bullshit martial arts. It's a really compelling, like, little mini video essay documentary. Isn't isn't Tai Chi that, like, real slow shit? Like, you would see, like, hippies. Things that aren't real martial arts, but the the end segment, which focuses on China, has to do with this thing, like, about starting about a decade ago where they were trying to rebuild nationalism and patriotism through traditional Chinese martial arts even though all of them have been widely debunked that, you know, even Shaolin Kung Fu and like with the stuff the monks do, it's flashy and it's cool looking. It's not really feasible in a real fight in a real combat scenario. All that swinging big wind up movement. It's not going to beat a straight punch. Right. And so it's, but it's tied behind all this national patriotism stuff. And so going against the government in China is always a scary thing. Again, it's it's a half hour, but like all of it is fascinating. It hits multiple layers. It goes to about the cult-like fanatics, you know, and it shows like the faces of people in the background. He's like, what do you see? You see a lot of women. You see a lot of kids. You see a lot of people who are just feeling vulnerable and threatened. And so it's just, you know, there's comedic stuff of it because if you've ever seen Combat Key, it's usually a fat white guy and he just inhales until like you know, he becomes red in the face and all of a sudden he can absorb eight punches in the throat, you know, and nothing affects him. Like, and it gets more ridiculous from there to people who outright pretend they have psychic powers and they have no contact knockouts and everything. But like, again, it was just kind of one of those random things on YouTube, those things like, um, and you know, it was from maybe about seven months ago, even though sometimes you get like those nine year old videos and it's like, why am I getting recommended this now? But it's compelling as hell. So uh, it was just a YouTube thing. I kind of checked out, um, the anime show that I uh, just started, um, I, I don't have a big review on, but Mark, I was just going to bring it up to you because it's in that vein of the 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 plot is in the title. Mm-hmm. It is called Suppose a Kid from the Last Dungeon Boonies Moved to a Starting Town. So the premise is, it's, it's behind, the people behind it did a co- comedic isekai series I love called Konosuba. And uh, so the show is about this kid and he's like the lamest, weakest kid in his town. But the thing is, he grew up in a town that's outside of like the final dungeon of like this MMO world. So everyone in that area is actually really stupidly strong, but it's all he's ever known. And so he just thinks he's the weak kid. And he ends up moving to what is the starter zone of this like MMORPG world. And it's like, it's kind of very Goku-esque where he's kind of like humble and unassuming and he's just trying, but he doesn't realize that he's just by far the most OP character in this whole area. So um, it's got a comedic charm to it so far. Uh, and it came recommended from another YouTube channel that I check out for Anime Rex uh, called Mother's Basement. Another guy who just does really great video essays on the subject. Um, Mike, he's who I discovered Food Wars from. He's the one who I discovered the uh, dumb octuplets one from. Like all the obscure anime that aren't your big front-running shonen my hero attack on titan i kind of get the rex from this guy so for me he's kind of like yeah this guy he he has a good range of taste and he's good at selling you and he'll tell you why you will or won't be into things so that was good um and then lastly i know i'm getting a bit long but just because i started watching it yesterday and i pretty much one-shotted it um i'd heard about it quite a bit it had a, it made a lot of headlines the 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 the, the se- i just wasn't getting sold on it but i sat down and I started Queen's Gambit, and I couldn't stop watching Queen's Gambit. Like, I can't even tell you why I like it. None of the characters are particularly likable. Everyone's just really sad. Everyone just has really dark backgrounds. It's not like anyone's funny. It's not like anyone's like, oh, that's a super likable character. I'm rooting for them. Everyone just kind of has come from a really shitty life 
and they kind of keep doing shitty things, but something about the whole package is just compelling. And like, I had to see it through, um, been a big fan of Anya Taylor joy for a minute. So, uh, if her star blooms from this show, that'll be really cool. Mike. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed a uh, queen's gambit as well. And, uh, text me the name of the guy that, uh, recommends anime to you i may uh check them out so i can uh get some uh some fresh things to watch for me it's going to be an update from last week you remember how last week the time i got reanimated as slime you weren't sold yet you were just checking it out exactly i didn't say i liked it i said didn't hate it i can officially upgrade it to i like it I'm about 20 episodes in. It's a bit of a ridiculous show. The Salon character seems to be just stronger than everybody. And normally that's a bit of a, you know, it's not a a selling point for me with an anime. I like to see a a little struggle in my protagonist. But the show is funny enough in that, at least to me, it kind of makes fun of certain anime tropes and things like that. And uh, I've been enjoying it. You know what? You know what I really enjoy about it? It's... It's a big departure from what I normally watch when it comes to my anime, all right? You know what it's like? It's like when you eat some ginger in between your sushi, right? And it's like it's a nice palate cleanser for me, right? It's a palate cleanser of an anime, okay? And sometimes you need some of that in life. All right on. Marcus, what do you got this week? Yeah, uh, not a super busy week on new stuff. Uh, me and Christine started watching uh, Veep. Again, I've I think I watched like the first three seasons and I liked it and Christine's really enjoying it. So that's been a, a fun one to go back to. And it's also it's just so fucking weird to watch now, like after Trump. It's like all the shit they're talking about are non-issues and like the reality that we just went through. Um so that show's been been pretty fun. Marcus, um, can I give you a recommendation based on Veep? Okay, sure. So Veep actually the tone of Veep um came first from like the movie that, that was made, um called In the Loop. Uh, okay. it's one of the, it's one of the guys, I mean, it's the, the, if you, one of the Doctor Who's is in it, uh, I think the most recent, <laughs> I think the current Doctor Who actually is Peter Capaldi, Doctor Who, no, maybe not the one before this then Peter Capaldi Current doctor is a lady. Yeah. The one before him that he's in it and James Gandolfini is in it and it's, um, a very, it's a political thing. It's kind of like, it's almost, it's, it's, but it's very much like, it's like almost like beep the movie basically. It's a comedy though. Yeah. It's comedy. It's like, it's very okay. George Bush is time-ish you know because it came out back in 09 so but it's really funny it's why it's why i watched veep is because i saw the movie and i was like oh wow this it's the same creator and writer and all that stuff in the sure. loop we're checking out <laughs> okay yeah I mean, I'll, I'll look at that after we finish veep which apparently ran for like seven seasons so we, we got a lot of content there Woo! um outside of that uh i've been getting very excited about my mvsx machine that'll come probably in like three months uh I got I caught on to this hack these guys um have hacked Bobby you know that little Neo Geo machine I have in the office when you when you messaged us earlier today saying like oh if you need to go to the office to get something I was like I could I could get that cuz they did hack that thing mm-hmm. but it's a lot of work um the hack they have they're going to get going for the MVSX which I guess they said they just kind of finished but they're still doing bug testing on it's just like a USB like you just download a program on the USB you just plug in the USB into the arcade machine and you'll get a whole bunch of games and stuff so I've been really excited I've been watching a lot of videos on the hack they did for their um, Neo Geo arcade 
Pro Stick, which was really cool, and I'm really excited to get that machine and for that hack to come out and to just have like a bunch of arcade games uh, on that machine. Other than that, it's been kind of slow pickings. Um, I went back to Ghost of Tsushima. I think I'm getting close to finishing that. Um, outside of that, there's not a ton of new games coming out uh, anytime you soon. You never beat Ghost of Tsushima? No, I got to that that third part and I kind of trickled off. So I've been jumping That's back a in. Game of the year, according to. Austin Creed, if I'm not mistaken, I was watching. Were you reading his article about? Games oh yeah, of the yeah. Air? I did not. I did not. I saw. Him. Dude, that was a long accuse, article. <laughs> I will not accuse him of this, but I, in my personal experience, the majority of people who crown Ghost of Tsushima as the game of the year are the ones who don't like Last of Us Two because it's a bunch of SJW liberal cucks, um, and somehow Ghost of Tsushima is there antithesis to the liberal cock game yeah but well, i mean Ghost is a great game i mean i yeah last of us 2 is just like far and beyond uh, my favorite game for last year and i also beat it i didn't beat ghost in but i still I, i've been enjoying going back to the game it was actually very easy to go back to you know it's not like a super complicated game where it was hard to you know get back in the controls and stuff like that um and then other than that i did jump back into my hero academia and i kind of dropped off I jumped back in and I was fully in. I, f- I finished season two and I was like, man, this show is really fun. I, there, there are definitely some things about anime that rub me the wrong way. And there are definitely some things that just get me fucking hyped. And that show was definitely doing it for me until <laughs> I just got to the third season. I watched the first episode. I was like, eh, this is getting kind of boring. <laughs> They're not really doing anything. They're having a swimming contest. I'm like, I need to get uh, a tournament arc in or something. I'm sure it's going to it's gonna heat up again, but I'm just like, yeah, at this there's point, a- I'm kind of like, I'm dropping off again. My hero definitely has the calm before the storm lulls where there's always a few episodes of what's going on at school before whatever the arc actually. Yeah, that's kind of why I, the last mm. time I dropped off was right after the big tournament and they were like getting into like, oh, this hero killer. And I was just like, ah, I don't really know if I'm up for this. And then when I jumped back in, I was like, oh, this is actually really fun. This is really cool. I'm glad I jumped back in. And then and I think I think a lot of it. Sure. Were, sure. Season two is the school festival and all for one at the end uh they, they i mean they definitely talked about all for one it was mostly like they killed the they beat Hero the killer stain is the mid season is the mid and then the end of it's kind of like yeah you kind of know they get a little bit more origins but you don't really get to see like what's going on and i think what was tough about the third season was that first episode was definitely like kind of a clip show they're like this is what happened remember the sports tournament remember when i was a, didn't have a quirk and stuff so uh it was a little slow i want to get back into it because i know it'll heat up and yeah, as someone who watched that when it live premiered, uh, the big reaction was, "What the fuck was that episode? We waited all these months for them to race in the swimming pool." Yeah, they're kind of tuning you back in, but yeah, outside of that, hasn't really been uh, watching WandaVision. I, like, like we discussed, I think that sh- that that's a show we'll discuss when all the cards have been dealt and we get to see the whole thing because so much of it's just being teased out. Which I, I, I when are we getting the one. next one? When are we getting uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon? Oh, I'm not sure, but it might not be that far off of after. There's not gonna be no, there's not gonna be an overlap, right? They're not gonna make both. I, of them. I, there shouldn't be an overlap. I just remember Eddie saying, "I told him like, oh, I'm so excited for the MCU comeback," and he's like, "Well, yeah, once it comes back, it's pretty much not ending for the rest of the year." So I was like, "Cool, fucking awesome." Um, but we'll see. Well, yeah, GSP's I, in it, right? Yeah, GSP's GSP supposed to be getting in it. the Marvel track, track, baby. <laughs> I know. I know. Watching the trailer, they when they did kind of like. They're big, like, oh, this is what the next phase is. And they had all these trailers for the new show. That trailer really didn't do much for me, which was disappointing. Um, it just didn't really get that 
me that excited but i'm i'm anticipating that the show will i anticipate the show will be of the highest quality that i'm used to i just think that trailer might not have been the best look um but for wandavision i've been fucking on board i think it's really intriguing and interesting but i think that's a conversation we'll have when we get the full story and there's gonna be a lot to dig into because right now it's a lot of i think this is happening yeah, part I think of me involved when, 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 in the, when the thing's over i want to go like google shit like what is this reference to what is that reference to? Yeah. but another part of me is just like is that what I'm meant to do, or is it supposed to just be presented as like I do? No, I do too. I, I, but like, I'm just wondering if like, what is like the way this is meant for me to like be consumed? Because yeah, I think a lot of people, Mandalorian, you know, yeah, I'll watch, I'll watch the episode first and and get my own takes and my own experience. But then I want to know all the little Easter eggs that I'm, you know, I'm a, a Marvel fan, but I'm not that deep where I'm getting all. Yeah, because the they're like, oh, this introduced this person, that person, this person. And I'm just like, well, am I supposed to know that now, or is that just going to happen later? You know? Honestly, for WandaVision, a lot of it's just like it's a sitcom references because like I didn't watch a ton of, you know, the Mary Tyler Moore show and um, the Dick Van Dyke show. And Mark wasn't um, a Nick and night guy like me and you guys. Steph, <laughs> you got to watch your Nick and night. Three was very Brady. Bunch yeah. That was what I thought. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and that was thing, like, I, I know those shows because of Nick at night, but I didn't like them. Like I'd, I'd see them on at Nick and I'd be like, well, this is garbage. I don't like, and I talk about how much I don't love. I don't like, I love Lucy, but I think that show is doing really interesting things, but you'll we'll talk about it when we get to it. So that's all I got this week. All right, guys. Uh, be back next week. We're gonna preview this card that might have one fight, according it's to the website. Baby. Just Dream and Volkov. But it sounds like we're also having Frankie Edgar and Corey Sandhagen on there, which is, which is a great fight. That too. is one I'm actually. I'd rather they switch places and that be the five round fight. Just not that I'm thinking Frankie this age might go five rounds, but I don't want Wolverine and Volkov to go five rounds at all. True. Not not at all. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll see if we get any clarity on any of these, the, the lightweight division. Probably not. Uh, we got to let Connor stop limping, I think, before they book his next fight anyway. Um, but yeah, um, check out WandaVision because shit, we're going to eventually, when this is all said and done, we're going to probably have an entire episode trying to figure out what the fuck happened, huh? That's what it sounds like. Uh, breaking yeah. it all down. Um, anyway, I was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable. That was Lavender Gooms. And that was DJ Mark. Thank you all so much for listening. Peace out. See ya. Cheers. Peace.